Hello everyone, welcome to episode four of Riot Act, the alternative music podcast. That little hyphen uh, would have been in there if I was writing that down like the journalist I am. My name's Stephen Hill, I am your host, and guffawing away in the background at just the idea of cadence uh, is my co-host and friend and uh, out of breath man at the moment, uh, Mr. Yeah. Renfrey Deadman. How you doing, mate? Hello. I, I feel uh, I feel like I could karate chop a tank in half at the moment. I feel absolutely wonderful for reasons which we will go into. Yeah, well, let's just fucking go into them, I reckon. You've just been to see going, the Fever 333. We going straight for it? Oh, yeah, fuck it, why not? I mean, you're literally high on life. So oh, my gosh. I was like, the Fever 333, it's their first ever... Um, UK headline show yeah. at the garage. At the Islington Academy. At the Islington Academy. Yeah, Islington, right, okay, yeah. cool. I feel like a uh, fat boy in a smarty factory, which I was uh, when I was 12 years old. Uh, <laughs> best day of my life. Um, oh my God. You can buy the orange ones now, just on their own. <laughs> yeah, you can is, get them just in an orange I mean, too, can't you? to oh, 13 year old me is losing you, his shit over that. Do you genuinely think they taste different? Yeah, I'm, of course they do. They taste mm, like orange. All right, fine. They do. Uh, we're not going to go into that. No. Um, my God. Uh, so, in, I mean, I don't want to sound hyperbolic, but unfortunately, this entire episode, <laughs> I think I'm going to sound hyperbolic, to be honest. It's been a really good week. Yeah. So, um, just prepare yourselves. Uh, so, I've compared the Fever 333 to Rage Against the Machine in the past, which mm-hmm. is a hell of a comparison. Mm-hmm. That is crazy, crazy, crazy talk. And I think some people have sort of misconstrued it. They're like, oh, they haven't written a Take the Power Back or anything like that. They haven't written a Freedom, you know. Yeah. I don't really mean musically. It's kind of ever so slightly missing the point. What I mean is in terms of the way that they gear me up and gear people up to want to make change. Mm. Um, there's a lot, I mean, the way that the Fever 333 do their stuff on social media and stuff, you know, gigs aren't called gigs, they're called demonstrations and Mm. stuff like this. And it's very easy to mock all that sort of thing. But having just seen it, uh, two hours ago, um, I mean, for starters, I think this is the best gig I've seen this year. They were the best band I saw at Download. Yeah. I'll certainly say that. It was, like, I wasn't, I like, you like the EP a lot more than me. Yeah. And they are fucking, they are brilliant live. Yeah. Really brilliant Oh my God. Just the energy is outrageous. They started with a blank white sheet Mm. and it, and uh, there were these sort of projections of like Nazi rallies and all sorts of like uh, images, which, you know, are not cool to put Mm. it, uh, uh, you know, to put it bluntly and um they had uh charlie chaplin's great, great dictator speech as well which is uh you are the people and yeah, you yeah. can you can make the change kind of thing that's the basis of it um and it just felt like i was almost tearing up just kind of like yeah i am the people and i can make a change <laughs> you know i was just it just made me just like and then uh a man jason yeah uh, as it as it emerged came out in a sort of hood guantanamo um, bay Guant- style yeah. getting waterboarded Guant- yes very much yeah, so guantanamo yeah. bay style a sort of boiler suit with the fever 333 logo on it and all mm. that kind of thing and uh you know they went into the first song i can't even remember what it was now but um he just ripped off this this uh sheet that was on his head and just went the whole fucking place went nuts there were about three no sorry there were six people on stage with those Guantanamo Bay things and they had their arms in the air mm. and just the I think <clears throat> they make me want to make a difference I think the reason why I compare them to rage is because we it's it's 
it's also bearing in mind that the times that we live in as well, you know, we're probably in the most, um, I think, I think, I think the world needs a band like the Fever 333 right now. I think uh, it probably is the most politically charged time since 1992 or probably the early 90s with the Gulf War and stuff like that. Um, probably even more politically charged in terms of like, at the moment, you know, 90% of the time in history, if you're apathetic, then it's okay. You don't really need to make changes because things are kind of going steadily along and yeah. human history is just sort of, you know, getting on with things. But at the moment, apathy isn't good enough. As, as has been shown with like Brexit and all this sort of shit that's been happening, mm. you know, because people haven't been standing up and saying something, uh, we have a really shitty situation. And it is bands like the Fever 333, which make you go, no, this is not good enough. And that's what I mean when I compare them to Rage Against the Sheet. I'm not even talking musically. Even though there are musical comparisons, which are relatively obvious, um, I have just come from this gig just basically wanting to overthrow the government, <laughs> pretty mm. much. I am just so fucking charged up. And I mean, you're looking across at me like <laughs> this is probably the most scared you've ever been of me, <laughs> ever me at the moment. I really feel like I could, I'm not going to... We're in Steve's lovely house and I, 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 I sort of want to wreck it. I'm not going to, <laughs> but I do want to... Don't rent This is a rental. Don't rent my house. <laughs> There's no... I mean, I don't think you're part of the establishment or anything oh, like that. Good. But it just... It just... It is... I think Jason... Do you remember back with Let Live and apologies to make... um. Uh, comparisons to Let Live Jason but I suppose everyone's going to initially but you remember with Let Live when he used to do these sort of speeches midway through yeah and they felt a little out of place the band seemed a little bit kind of embarrassed when he was doing them sometimes and you know I mean that is really brutal but but it, it was they were just a little bit odd they just these weird sort of monologues that he mm. was doing there's none of that with the Phoebe 333 it's um he is doing those kind of monologue things but they are they feel very off the cuff they feel very 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 authentic they feel very real there's this wonderful moment where he asked he asked for the lights to go off and uh he um he asked everyone to close their eyes and said that if you've ever been marginalized or or uh felt felt to make felt to be made uh like a, a marginal person uh, in a minority then raise your right hand and then uh, pretty much everyone raised their right hands. And he was like, right, open your eyes. Next time you feel like that, remember this yeah, moment. Remember because you're, that, yeah, you're yeah. in a room full of people who, mm. you know, you think you're the minority, but you're not. Mm. And like, if you're, powerful shit, man. if you're not there, it's really easy to be cynical. Yeah. And behind a computer screen or whatever, and just, oh, blah, blah. but the joke's on you if that's what you're doing, because you're you're not experiencing that thing mm. and you can be apathetic and you can be uh, uh cynical if you want but believe me the people who aren't being apathetic or cynical are having a much better time than you are <laughs> yeah. so the joke really is on you um that I, I i just thought it was wonderful i mean in terms of musical stuff there was lots of new stuff which sounded great yeah there was a ballad oh, dare right. i say um I mean, bad's not really right because uh, it was still really freaking angry and stuff, but it sounded great. Like, it shouldn't have worked in the middle of this set mm. full of, like, you know. Settle for Nothing's not a ballad. Like, the, the no, yes, but, but that's 
seething restrained anger isn't yes it? let's so, say it was set off for nothing esque i mean that's okay. probably a little bit harsh uh, yeah. not harsh uh, uh fucking hell if that's harsh and <laughs> you are I'm, a harsh marker I, I mean i mean uh, i mean in terms of uh, i don't want to say that it's a total yeah, ripoff yeah, yeah. or anything like that no, no, no. but um I, i'm so pumped for that album now i mm. think uh i think it's going to be something pretty damn special and i was i was just completely blown away by what they were doing tonight and i think you know it's 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 so much such sounds like such a shit thing to say but it's so much more than music it's Mm. about you know it's about a movement and it's about trying to persuade people to actually get up and do something and use their voices and feel some self-worth and i actually think that's more important than music full stop i mean music is making us feel do that but i i think that is vital shit vital important shit Okay, and that's why the rage comparison is there. Well, thanks for next week. We'll be talking about. It. Hold on, hold on. Coming up on the show this week. I mean, um, that feels like a whole <laughs> show already. Um, I haven't even said what's happening in the show. So um, yeah. Uh, by the way, we obviously we need to shout out Musicism, who we are part of. Happy to be part of Musicism. Hopefully, you've checked them out at this point if you've been listening to the podcast mm. since episode zero. Um, go to musicism.net. That's musicism.net. You can sign up for their courses for nine ninety nine a month. Or for twenty five percent off of that nine ninety nine a month. Still don't know the maths. Interesting way of putting that. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? Um, <laughs> if you uh, if you put in the code Riot in capital letters, then you can get um, all of their courses um, where they will teach you how to be a better guitar player, uh, a better producer, vocalist, a better producer. After being about <laughs> to Art Tangent this weekend, I feel that mm. probably lots of people need those courses. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> but we'll get to that in a little bit. So this week on the show, um, we are going to be talking um, about the new albums from Manta, new albums from Jesus Peace, and the uh, new album from Leached. And one of us will be giving you an in-depth and highly detailed review of last week's Art Tangent Festival. And one of us will just be chiming in occasionally because Festival Fatigue <laughs> finally <laughs> caught up with him. Guess which one of the two of us that was well, bearing um, in mind i think art times is my second festival this year yeah I was like <laughs> it might be quite easy i have eight in in two weeks um <laughs> uh also oh, i didn't mention it last week i should have done really go to patreon.com forward slash riot act podcast and you can donate some money if you feel like doing that we're currently in a position where we have a few ideas about what we're actually going to do for the people who have mm. already very very kindly decided to um put their hand in their pocket and give us mm. some money for doing this podcast obviously we're um we're, we're we're very grateful for that and we want to find something we can do that will be of value to you mm. so you feel like yeah. your money isn't just getting kind of frittered away on uh gig tickets and um smarties so um yeah <laughs> so we will we will do that but thank you very much if you have contributed if you want to contribute uh like i said it is um it is patreon.com forward slash riot act podcast you can follow us at riot act underscore podcast on twitter find us on facebook have a little chat um and uh yeah and some people have done that this week actually mm. i was gonna say post the bloodstock review i think the last thing we did at the end of um last week's episode was talking about potential headliners for bloodstock yep. um a whole bunch of people got in touch um, saying something very similar to this tweet that we had from Sean Brown, who says, what about Architects or Parkway Drive as potential headliners for Bloodstock? Both are considerably heavier than Ghost and both will have headlined Alexandra Palace by the time the festival rolls around. Mm. Um, I've, a lot of people were pinging up with those names, mm. Architects and Parkway. Uh, Parkway for potential Bloodstock headliners. headliners. Mm. It's not going to happen though. 
No, I think I think Bloodstock would have to change quite exponentially in order for that yeah, to happen. Really. Now, now, Bloodstock has changed exponentially in the mm-hmm. past. So to say, I wouldn't say and never say never, but there would have to be. I mean, people would kick off if yeah. uh, either of those bands um, uh, were chosen to headline. You know, that that doesn't mean that they shouldn't. I mean, people kick off about the stupidest things all the time. Yeah. Um, I'm not a fan of either, to be totally honest, Architects or Parkway Drive. But uh, I think that both would be, from a musical standpoint of view and from the point of view of the show that they put on, both of them are both clearly capable. Well, of... I'm a I'm a big fan of both you, of you them. You are, aren't you? Yeah, I'm yeah, a yeah. massive fan of both <clears throat> of them. I mean, partic- particularly Architects, I have mm, to say. Mm. Um, uh, but the, the thing is, Architects, I don't think really think of themselves as a a metal band yeah, the yeah, music yeah. they like isn't necessarily metal if you look at the kind of the slightly um off the beaten path of bloodstock headliner someone like rob zombie someone like machine head machine head are a straight up metal band who have done a bunch yeah. of other deviations in that rob zombie yeah maybe not so but those two have a heritage that existed way before bloodstock mm. you can't just jump in as headliners i don't think i think a band like that that have come from you know a couple of years ago architects were doing slam dunk they've done warp tour parkway obviously have done a whole bunch of warp tours taste of chaos these sort of festivals they're very very different festivals that came to a very very different type of audience i don't think just chucking in parkway drive and their first go and where else could they sit like where else could parkway drive sit they're too big to sub headline bloodstock at this point you know they really are if, when you headline the second stage at download, you have that's a, that's a similar size mm. and con- and getting bigger. I mean, but both of those bands are growing bigger. I yeah. think both of those bands, if they haven't, they should have their eyes on download. I don't think they should be looking at Bloodstock. I think there are a lot of bands who will be. I think we'll be seeing some bands who who will be someone like Marilyn Manson now, who I mentioned last week, or Corn or Deftones. Like yeah. they're never going to headline Download, like never. No. That isn't going to happen. Like it's that that that's gone. That's a shame, chance isn't them it? For, yeah, yeah. yeah. Tri- and like Trivium are the same. I think mm. Trivium are the only band that have come up in the kind of modern era who are vaguely comparable mm. to Parkway or Architects. But Trivium have always maintained that they are a metal band, mm. whereas. Mm. Parkway are a bunch, uh, you know, are are punk kids from Australia who kind of then discovered hardcore bands like Coalesque and Converge, and you know, grew up in kind of like skate punk into Boston hardcore. Mm. Architects are fans of very, very challenging, difficult, uh, technical, metallic music and noise music as well, but not necessarily heavy metal and metal i wonder if it comes down to aesthetics i don't want to put down the bloodstock crowd because i actually think they're really open-minded in a lot of ways but yeah it's almost it's like you know parkway don't look like a metal band they sound like one but they don't look like one Mm. architects are the same um and but but marilyn manson obviously you know gothy as fuck rob zombie does look like Mm. a metal band. I, i mean i I'm not saying that's a fact, but I wonder if that's a contributing factor to it. It may as well. be. It may be. I mean, I think, you know, people were, people, you know, he's right, like people were kicking off about ghosts, but ghosts have this whole occult thing. And, and you, you can, exactly. you can trace ghosts back to, you know, playing with the, the, the kind of old, uh, the ghosts' first UK show was at the Underworld. Yeah. 
playing some like Doom or Daya. Yeah. So ghosts have kind of risen up through that world. And all you, well, they got they got massive in the underworld. Yeah. Uh, in the underground first yeah. before they became yeah, mainstream blah 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 and I, I don't you know and 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 i think those two bands and obviously it's not an insult to either of those two bands because not to i mean i actually think that both of them have got a good shout at potentially headline and download if they carry on i mean yeah for my definitely. money particularly like I really think Architects should be looking at download as a, like as potential download headline. It's like really. Well, they've done. Is it two shows at Ali Pali now? Uh, they've done one at Ali Pali. One. Okay. They're gonna. Um, I can't say that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but they're not gonna stop at Ali Pali. So mm. you know. Mm. But yeah, not for me. Like I, I don't. See, I think Buzzstart would have to change a hell of a lot before you even entertain the idea of one mm. of those bands being able to headline so that's weird um the other thing i was gonna talk about have you listened to the new bring me the horizon song talking I about have. potential download headliners mm, have, right yeah. so bring me the horizon got a new song um taken from their upcoming sixth album which is called ammo going to be released on the 19th of january 2019 before that there's a full european tour happening in november they're going to be playing in birmingham glasgow leeds cardiff and two nights in london at alexandra palace um i was sort of a bit scared to press play on this when it came through. Okay. But what do you reckon of Mantra? Um, it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm relatively apathetic about Bring Me Anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I wasn't scared to press play. I was just like, oh, you bring me your eyes around. Single, fine. Um, and it's, um, it's fine. <laughs> it's all right. It's got guitars. It's got guitars in it. Yeah. Fair play to them for having guitars. It's got guitars in it. Um, I mean, there's still obviously a very clear pop element in it. That middle eight is pure pop, mm. and it—I uh, don't like it myself mm. personally. It's not my, not for me. Um, but the song is—it's fine. I mean, it's how I feel about uh, most of Bring Me's back catalogue, to be honest, including the early stuff, which was most definitely heavy as fuck. Mm. Um, I kind Semper of Eternals like. The, so Semper Eternals is, is by far the best Bring Me album in my opinion. I think I think Semper Eternals is 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 very 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 good yeah. i will give them that <laughs> it's yeah. a very very good album mm. and uh there is a hell as well i think has some great yeah moments. there is a hell i mean i actually think there is a hell is in terms of an art a piece of an artistic statement mm-hmm. there is a hell is is the best brim in the eyes now i think semper turner was probably the one that you put on and go cool yeah this is really good yeah. it just makes me feel good and i think there's a, a, a lot more of uh there's enough of a nod towards semper Eternal on mantra than uh there is a, you know that I think that's the spirit had really good singles, which is yes. why. But I didn't like the album in full, which is yes. why I'm not kind of jumping up and down, um, getting too excited about this. But I do like Mantra. I think it's good. Okay. I think it's a good kind of poppy rock song. Do you like the middle um, out of interest? Yeah, I do. I like mm. all of okay. it actually. Okay. I mean, here's what I will say: mm-hmm. they're no Don Broco. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. Fair enough. And uh, well, I mean, some people will go what, but um, yeah, but that, those people haven't heard technology. I'm well, assuming that that, <laughs> that Don Broker album is yeah, a is good. fucking banger. So um, yeah, bring me the horizon. I think song. I'm more interested in um, the aesthetics around what they're whatever they're doing. Um, mm. There seems to be they're clearly planning something as some big album campaign, which is yeah. sort of I don't know what it is. It's kind of join a cult. Join, yeah, join a cult, join a cult and futury. Yeah. I, I do you like... want to join a cult? Me. Nah, I'm alright. <laughs> it's almost it sort of reminds me of BBC like the seventies era Doctor Who stuff. I yeah. think that's what they're going for. It's kind of like Or Creeper. Yeah. Or Creeper, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> maybe actually. But um yeah, I'm I was I found I found the campaign more interesting than the song. Right. And I think 
that sums up sum my that, my all, yeah, feelings really. on Bring Me the Horizon. Fair <laughs> enough. Okay, but it's out now. Go and have a little yeah. listen to it. I actually, I, I like it. Um, album swap. Oh, that's what we, we can call it. That if you want. Yeah. The, the, the album swap. The album swap. Um, so we the, the album swap that we do play along at home, um, giving each other an album that we haven't heard uh, each. Um, and then coming back, reporting back. Mm. Last week, you gave me, I gave you Same Difference by Entombed, mm-hmm. and you gave me the debut album from Ocean Size, Ephorus. Yes. Um, and I rate that record. You rate it? I rate it very highly, Renfrew. Yeah, I think I'm so it's, excited. It's fucking good. Do you know what? There was, you said, there was something you said last week when, when we were talking about Seager Ross, where you were like, I think that, you know, there'll be a lot of albums that you will have to listen to quite a lot. And I listened to Seager Ross about six times. I've yeah. probably listened to uh, Ocean Size's album about as many times. Uh-huh. Um, but this time, as soon as that guitar tone kicked in, that could... <laughs> On on the first track, that cool little guitar got such a such a kind of um, such an inescapable rhythm to yep. that guitar riff. Yep. I was like, "This is awesome!" Yep. And it just, I mean, I you know, I initially thought, "Are they an instrumental band?" Because obviously, there's no vocals. There's no vocals for a good six, six or seven six, minutes. Seven minutes yeah. of the whole when you the album in full. Um, but I'm glad they are because yes. like. You know, he's got a really great voice. Um, if you ever meet him, tell him that. Because Mike is does not have any confidence in his voice whatsoever. Really? To the point where I, I think the album that's about he's about to release as Van Art is probably the most uh, his vocals have ever been forward. But it's taken him fucking 15 years to get confident enough on the mic and he's yeah. brilliant most of the ocean size stuff his vocals are very buried in the mix but yeah, it works it that. works I, mean, if I, I thought tonally the album they get everything kind of production wise and the way that everything sounds yeah i think they got it kind of just right and it's, it's a kind of it? really perfect mix of interesting compositions and catchiness and kind of alt rock grit with memorable hooks and it's it's um yeah it was like it, it reminded me it, like because it's being a British band, it I think it took me a little while to realise that how good sort of growing up with bands like Therapy and Terrorvision and Ash and yeah. uh, the Manics, the Manics and yeah. Three Colours Red and bands like that who I really loved when yeah. I was growing up I really really loved and I think like it took me a long time to realise that sort of eight to ten years later Britain had as good a group of bands as, yeah. as those bands but I think it's taken me a long time to realise that so you look at like Ruben 100 Reasons obviously Biffy Clyro are the mm-hmm. ones that have kind of gone over the top and Muse as well although yep. I've never a massive Muse fan but um, <laughs> let's not talk about music yeah, let's not talk about music again <laughs> your codename is Milo I'm going to shout out yeah really your quickly. codename is Milo and then you know there were um, there's a few Welsh bands as well we probably should really talk about <laughs> but, um, but uh, yeah but like they're, they're, you know there are a whole bunch of like really really good bands from that period that I think now I look back at it and I go yeah they, that was actually a really good time for British music and I think they kind of you're, talking, you're talking about the early 2000s yeah yeah now, sort of early noughties for, for British mm. music and this is like I'd, I'd never even listened to this record before mm. and they'd kind of completely passed me by and you know what he sounds a bit like there's one on um, on the song Remember Where You Are mm. he sounds a bit like Mike Patton mm-hmm. yep and I was like, fucking I love space didn't, ex- didn't expect that he will be thrilled to hear you say that yeah I yeah. This album's like it's just a really, really good kind of. I was like, why albums like this? Like, not only don't seem to come out that much anymore, they definitely don't seem to engage people at Mm -hmm. all. But it was a whole kind of groundswell of bands that were 
pretty similar to this, although Oceanside, definitely, and Ruben and all the others that we talked about, definitely had their own little oh, niche. They had their own thing going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But what a good, like, what a, it, I feel silly that I took that for granted when I was a kid now. I, th- I, th- an album like this. I believe, I'm taking this off, off the top of my head, so I might be wrong, but I believe they did The Underworld on this record and I don't think they even sold it out. They were mm. just constantly, const- I mean, I saw their last London show and it was Coco and I don't think that was sold out either. It, they were just mm. perennially under- underrated. They went on for 12 years, four records. Um, and I, I, you know, I'm, I'm sticking. When I said, I thought it was a bit of a risk saying that. Uh, I mean, it's how I feel, but I thought it was a bit of a risk when on episode zero, I said Ocean Size are the best British band of all time. But the amount, the amount Big of people shout. that got back to me on Twitter going fair play yeah. just really validated how I felt. Yeah. And um Whilst obviously I'm not expecting you to make that call because that you know based on a couple of listens to their debut rac- record, do you understand how why it's not a, a it's definitely more? not a stupid thing to say. Okay, cool, amazing. Like it's definitely not a like you know when people go who are your favorite band and they say like Shine Down or something. Or like, <laughs> I met a guy who once his favorite band ever was Suede, and I was like I, now I do not understand that Swayed I do are fine. Not... Swayed are fine. <laughs> Swayed are fine. Swayed completely fine. And I guess, you know, if you like, if you were around in the nineties, but you like something more glammy and you were too scared to like the Manic Street Preachers, then maybe you would think <laughs> Suede were the best band. I don't know. But yeah, I listened to it and I was like, those songs are really, really great. And they've got a little bit more of, the, it, it doesn't just sound like uh, kind of three minute. It's not. It's not mass three minute kind of massive gr- post grunge rock songs. No. But it kind of is. But it's there's more than that. It's really there's expansive. A, yeah, really, really expansive. I mean, hence the name Ocean Size. Yeah. It's taken from the James Addiction song, mm. but it's also to say that which are another. Yeah, excellent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. James is brilliant. Yeah, point for them. Yeah. So I really liked it. Brilliant. Well, I'm gonna say this because we're saying it on mic. It means we're gonna have to do it. But I think we should do an ocean size retrospective in that mm-hmm. case at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm up for that. Brilliant. Okay. Amazing. Um, I gave you something very, very different. I gave you yeah. same difference buying tombs. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so this is their fifth record. Is that right? Yes, it was their fifth record. Mm. Um, I went online and I could not find a single good review for this record, except uh, a thing called Justify Your Shitty Taste on Decibel. And it really actually wasn't even that compelling an argument. <laughs> um, people really fucking hate this record. Yeah. Renfrey. Yeah. Do you hate this record? I don't hate it. Oh, dear. <laughs> I don't hate it. I think it's... Um, I do understand... I sort of understand the criticisms. It's a massive, massive... What was the previous... Uh, to ride, shoot straight and speak the truth. Now, was that the first album where the drummer had left? Or no, was it the, this, this was the, the first, first one. Album. Okay. It's a very interesting stylistic change. They basically went from being a kind of death and roll... Uh, the the, inventors, the of, inventors of, of death, death and, and roll... roll uh black not black really but death but metal yeah death like metal. kind of chainsaw guitar death yeah. metal mixed with you know kind of um chuck berry and yeah. and a really fucking good one i i um i said to you a couple of days ago i re-listened to wolverine blues the the record um before i listened to this just to get a sort of yeah comparison and uh yeah it's pretty different isn't it this mm. is this is an alt rock record simple as it's alt rock um mm. Oh, okay. Well, I didn't. I see. I never. I, I so one of the uh, Sputnik music said this is a cover band of Helmet's worst tracks with a drunken Tom Araya impersonator on vocals. That's harsh. That is really That's harsh. That's harsh. Yeah. And 
But I was like, at least he's not comparing them to Alice in Chains. At least he's not comparing them to Soundgarden. And because to me, this is this is Helmet and Unsane. Right. And like, do you remember Tribute to Nothing? Yes. There's a load of like kind of thumbly, like, and slide guitar, and bark market, like slide guitar and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's not really alt rock. It's kind of noise. I mean, it's got more. You know, the Melvins are an alt rock band, and I can. I think it's a, a place where it's comparable to the Melvins, but mm-hmm. I don't think it's a. I okay, I have uh, for the benefit of the listeners. I have just started to try and hide my head within <laughs> my neck. Uh, the moment that well, Steve, everyone else says it, so maybe it's me. Well, the moment Steve said Alice in Chains, now. Uh, I've written Alice in Chains down in my notes quite a lot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah to be honest. Um, now, I wonder if it's because of the dog on the cover. I think that's part of it because I think that... Yeah, that's so people a- kicked off about that. They changed their logo yeah. from a kind of skull and bat yeah. logo to just a sort of, you know, machine head style logo. The new logo is shit. To be honest, well, that the, the logo yeah, at the time of ship, but you don't go. Well, I'm not buying that record. No, I, I mean that's that's that a, logo. That's, that's a pathetic. That's a pathetic reason that's to diss a record. Fans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I did hear quite a bit of Alice in Chains in it, and not. Well, I fucking adore Alice in Chains, so you know. Um, I I think I completely uh applaud them for for taking this move for for doing this because to go from that death and roll thing into a sort of yeah i mean i see helmet and i see melvin so i don't disagree mm. with you i i see alice in chains a bit more but um i do <laughs> but i do i do There's see no those alice in chains on this I, uh, dirty no. guitars mid-tempos stuff that's not just, just that is not the soul to me alice in chains aren't like the fucking keepers of the crypt and no. like slow music. <laughs> sure. Uh, I'm, I'm just going to scribble out every single time I wrote Alice in Chains down here. scribbled out four pages. <laughs> um, I think I, I think it's a really brave move and fair play to them for mm. doing it. Yeah, I mean, I have noticed that the vocalist, there was an interview that I found where the vocalist basically said it's the worst entombed album that's yeah. ever been released. So, so he doesn't agree with you. No, uh, he doesn't. <laughs> and his, and his vocals, he's a bad, he's a bad singer. Yeah. Like, I mean, the one thing about this album is I like how hilarious it is to hear him, to hear Elgie Petrov trying to sort of do anything in tune. That's yeah. hilarious. Mm, <laughs> yeah, it does. I do sometimes wish it was an instrumental record because the, the stuff that's going on, and that's not a, that's not against him because obviously in the on, on the other Entomb stuff, he's fucking wicked. Mm. But this particular album, you can almost tell that he's not quite comfortable with what oh, he's no, doing. He's not. Uh, I, I, yeah, he's not comfortable with it. Yeah. Mm. I think it's a really interesting record and uh, uh, to give it an utter kicking is just not fair mm. and ridiculous. Um, I think there was one review that I read, which I actually thought was fairly, fairly accurate in my opinion. They gave it like three out of 10, which seemed wrong to me, yeah. but the actual text seemed quite good. And they basically said like, there's nothing wrong with them changing their sound, but the, the problem with same difference is there just isn't enough on it that's memorable. Oh, I absolutely disagree with that. Okay, okay. I absolutely disagree with that. There are okay. so many. I think once you get into it, like musically, the, the the hooks. Like, I mean, I saw them at the Ozfest, and I was a sort of fan of um, to ride, shoot straight, and speak the tooth. And mm-hmm. Nick Anderson mm-hmm. left this out, and as, as well, I love the fact that. <laughs> their drummer who wrote all their songs this like death metal band left to Joe and go look I, I like Kiss 
what yeah. can I say? I like Kiss and the New York the Dolls, and I, I want to go and make that music. Yeah. And they went, okay, well, we'll just make a fucking, you know, like the the title track that bow wow 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 the wow wow wow. It sounds like the Black Crows. Swagger on it. Yeah, the swag swagger is the like, best word. Got, yeah, how, yeah. how how are in tomb doing swagger? Yeah, ridiculous. Crazy. Like, yeah. You're a bunch of gumby Swedes. <laughs> like how are you do? How are you? Why are you trying to do this? But I love the fact this is such a mad thing. Like no, we're making that music. Oh well, yeah, we can do that too. You can't. You can't. Yeah. But they played um, Ozfest '98. They played basically all the songs from Wolverine Blues and Clandestine and uh, Left Hand Path and To Ride Shoot Straight Sweet Truth played a set of that and then we're going to play a new one now so it's like every song just went and he went we're going to play this new one now and it's like with a slide guitar and I just went what are they doing? And I remember even then stood in a field as a like 18 year old, like probably drunk, yeah. just going, what are they doing? Do this you remember what mad. the song was? It was Clauses. Right. It was the one with the slide guitar. Yes. <laughs> and I just thought, that's different. And ah, I like it. I wonder if it got criticised because um, there is a kind of ballsiness to the record. The very first line on the album on Addiction King is, it's about time for an innovation. Mm. And I wonder if, you know, journalists sort of up themselves who are just like, well, if you think this is an innovation, we're going to tear you apart kind of thing. Even the even the title of the record, same difference. Could could you could interpret it as well? It makes the same difference. It doesn't matter what music style we do. I mean, maybe that's a bit esoteric and left field, but um, yeah. that's what we're here for. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, you know, I, th- there are bits of this record that I do really like. The second track, uh, the Supreme Good. Mm. If you took the vocals away, uh, could almost be like an REM song. Yeah, from, it's wicked, uh, yeah, it's great. That um, da, 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 yeah. guitar tone is well, very, that, very nineties. Yeah, yeah, great. It's very so many catchy, like memorable riffs on this. There are, there are, there are some, but I think there are two. It's thirteen tracks. Yeah, I think there are. I think there's too many unmemorable ones. I'm not saying there aren't memorable bits on this mm. record. Maybe, um, yeah, yeah. but I think it's got a bit too much filler. Yeah, probably like eight of them. I really, I can. I, I listened. To, I listened to it the other day, and I was like, yeah, there are eight of them that I really love. I would say doom, I really doom, love that, that, that bass. And actually, I want. I was one of the things I was going to say is the guitarist um, after Nick Anderson, the drummer left. Ufi Cedarland. I don't know if that, I've never known how to say his name, but Ufi Cedarland was in charge of writing the material for this record. Um, he was in a band called Haystack. Someone actually pointed out pointed to me yes and said you should on Twitter. Yeah. basically um it was kind of he loves noise rock and unsane and stuff and you know he suddenly got the chance to write the material and away we go mm. of course this lasted one album and then uprising came out and it mm. was back to mm. doing what they do very very well and that's mm. another good record but there's something about this record that after four albums of pretty fucking perfect um sort of death metal swedish death metal death and roll to do this so fucking left field and then to go back to doing the thing that you do really well. But, I, you know, I remember listening to Uprising and going, oh. Really? Yeah. Which I is really great like record. Uprising. I really like Uprising, but I was just a little bit like, oh, doing that again, are you? Oh, okay. Fair enough. But yeah, I mean, it's, I like it. It's more, it's undoubtedly, whilst it is left field and a bit odd, it is also undoubtedly more, quote unquote, commercial than uh, Death Metal. Mm-hmm. Do you, and I'm not claiming it is or not, because I don't think, think I have enough knowledge to know whether way, but do you think this could have potentially been a cynical move in any way, shape or form? No, I don't think no? so. Okay. 
I don't think some, I've, I saw some people some reviews accused yeah, of that but those people think that anything that isn't death metal is pop music shut up so anyway um, I would be really really interested to hear if anyone listened to this for the first time and whether you had previous knowledge or no previous knowledge of Entombed what you thought Mm. about it I I think someone who didn't know anything about them and then heard this would have a very different uh, take on it to someone who has heard a bunch of Entombed mm, albums, a classic mm-hmm. Entombed albums, and never got around to hearing this one. I think mm. we have a very different take. It's a, ver- anyway. it's a very interesting record and yeah. well worth listening to, yeah, especially yeah. if you know Entombed's other stuff. Yeah, yeah. for sure. So uh, next week, mm-hmm. what are you going to give me, Renfrey? Um, inspired by seeing them at Arc Tangent over the weekend, I um, I don't believe you're super familiar with And So I Watch You From Afar. Is this I'm correct? not. No, this will become Excellent. apparent as we review them later <laughs> on. Um, so I would like to give you the debut self-titled And So I Watch You From Afar record from 2009. Which I, funnily enough, did actually start listening to about two weeks ago. I was listening to that. Ah, should I give you something else instead? Or? No, no, no. no. Okay. You're just going to give me post-rock albums every week. That what you're size of, oh god, I have, haven't I? Yeah, you're right. Have. I will make sure I okay, give you something the last different one. next week. I apologise. Yeah, all yeah, right, yeah. Fine. Mm, I mean, answer, mm, uh, we'll get onto that later. Okay, because I'm, I'm sure giving. All one. right, so um, I'm giving you something uh, which I'm not even sure that this necessarily does fit into our. Well, fuck it. I'm saying that it does, and I make the rules. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm giving you music for the masses by Depeche Mode. Lovely stuff. Then 1987 masterpiece oh fucking I've said too much but yeah I really <laughs> love Depeche Mode um, uh, which is also the album they were touring on the very very excellent which I nearly gave you the very very excellent live uh, 101 live proof um, or is it called no it's called that's that's Pantera proof yeah. there's no proof <laughs> on the end of it um, yeah the, the 101 live um, album and film if you get a chance to watch the film of that which is made by Anton Corbin okay. it, is, it is mental it is like Blade Runner in sort of middle America uh, it's really, really good. Um, cool. And it still kind of looks like the future even today, even though it was like 30 years ago. Yeah. Icy as fuck. Bear goth. Um, yeah, Depeche Mode. You cool. like, do you like Depeche Mode? I don't... Right. I'm embarrassed to say almost. I don't know loads about Depeche Mode. Um, I know they were hugely influential on the industrial movement, or mm-hmm. maybe it was even the other way around. I'm not sure where... Uh, I think... Yeah, well, I suppose it, it depends who you talk to. It, okay, okay. I, I know Trent Reznor likes him. Yeah, that's basically what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, uh, I think I think growing up, I probably lumped Depeche Mode in with sort of Duran Duran and uh, Echo and the Bunnymen and all that sort of thing. And mm. as I've grown up, I've sort of learned that that's not entirely accurate. Well, I think you've just said three bands who are all incredibly different from each other, actually. Right, right, right. Okay, yeah. there so, we go. Here we go. Cool. Pesh mode. Um, yeah, that's what you're getting next week. I cool. look for. I look forward to that. Yeah. Uh, all right. Anyway, let's do some bloody reviews, shall we? Then before <laughs> we get on with the old Art Tangent review, which I think might take a while. So yeah. our first album that we're reviewing this week is the Modern Age of Setting Ablaze, the third album from the German duo Mantar. Mm. Um, can, actually, can we first of all talk about the fact that they're a duo? Yeah. What the fuck? Mad in it. I like you see it. what yeah well I want to oh they're playing with Skeleton Witch Ooh. on tour in November lovely stuff okay. and again much like I said about the Behemoth tour like you will not be allowed to say you like metal unless you go to that <laughs> um, uh, yeah they're a duo from, from Germany and, they don't sound like a duo and who really really don't sound like a, a, a duo at all I have to admit like I didn't really know 
anything about them. I'd heard the name, but I didn't know anything about them until this record came along. I'm the same. Um, I want to first of all talk about the cover art as well. Do you know this story mm. about the cover art? So the cover, so the cover art is a, a piece of art called the Lichtbrigger, which is hanging over a bridge in Bremen in uh, in Germany, and was actually commissioned by Adolf Hitler to show the victory of the Third Reich over its enemies in 1936. So it's commissioned pre Second World War, um, and Hitler actually rejected the piece um, and called the artist Bernard Hotger. A, uh, a degenerate, a, a de- said it was degenerate art, and then kicked him out of the Nazi party. Why? Um, Do you know why? He said he just apparently he said it's because it was it was depraved, and um, uh, I have not with the exact quote from from what, but but the, the, basically he was like, it's too nasty looking, it's too evil, it's a depraved wow. work of art, and um, I don't want to be associated with with people who have that kind of filth in their minds. So one of the I'm most paraphrasing. one of the most evil men in history. Yeah. Too <laughs> said, evil said for this Hitler. Was too evil. So the front cover of his album is too evil for Hitler. They should put that on the poster. Yeah, and it's basically what's well, caused them a kind of like when the album uh, was, was sort of uh, teased, yeah. and when it was sort of the pre-orders and stuff came up, they got a lot of shit for it. I mean, it's been hanging above this bridge for eighty years. Right, it's just been sat there, and they got the rights to it, and um, people took to the the online community, like, mm. as they tend to do with these sort of bands, and claimed that Mantar were some sort of right wing loonies. Which, yeah. having actually spoken to Hanno, the the, the lead singer um, at Bloodstock, and had a not a particularly in depth conversation about him with it, with it, with with him about it, but enough to make me go right, okay. I mean, his argument was like we are just presenting this because it's a piece of art yeah. that has been stood untouched yeah. and untalked about and no one's thought about it in, in any regard. It's been kind of left with no sense of contextualization. It was made at this point and it's just been left to kind of sit there and exist in a completely um, blank and uh, like I said, you know, like it's just, it's just there. You go to this place and it's just there. You know, it doesn't say this is what it is or anything and you, you know if you don't know you don't know and he was like we wanted to put it on our album cover just to see what sort of debate it sparked and i think it's kind of beautiful actually yeah, i mean i, I, I like... didn't know anything about that mm. but i i you know out of context i think it's a beautiful piece of work it is and it's weird like and i think the kind of the story behind it makes it you know all the more i don't know why you jumped to that conclusion that just mm. because they used something that hitler hated they must really like hitler i mean people are very very sensitive you know Maybe. Stroke stupid. Yeah, yeah, you know. But I think particularly in Germany, I understand it more if you're in Germany. You know, mm. you've probably had year. Even now, people make jokes about, "Oh, you're German. You must be a Nazi." Mm. You know, and I can understand. <laughs> Do they? <laughs> um, well, no. I, and you hang around a wrong. <laughs> I hang <laughs> around some right cunts. Um, but I don't know. Like yeah. uh, all that. Like I'm just sort of thinking back. I mean, this is a '90s reference, but like Harry Enfield, that whole kind of like. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to apologize for our part in the war, you yeah, know, yeah. kind of thing. Like that, after 50, 60 years of that, I can sort of understand, 70 actually, fuck, I kind of understand why you may mm. be sensitive about it. Yeah. Um, I do think it's a bit ignorant to go, oh, well, they must just be just Nazis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. But yeah, yeah. But anyway, mm, yes. that's the kind of context, the context for, uh, for that. But I just thought it was interesting. Mm. Um, as for the record itself, I guess you'd say uh, this is a kind of much like we were just saying with Entombed. It's kind of a death metal band doing something doomier 
and a bit more um, noise rock based. Yeah, yeah, okay, that's an interesting takeaway. I sort of thought of it as a uh, nihilistic, so there's like very nihilistic black metal vocals, but over a kind of, again, I'm going to use that word swagger, swaggering, motorhead, mm. rock and roll. Motorhead's of, a, yeah. one of the big ones. For yeah, me. like it's, it is very kind of black metal-y vocally, but then at the same time, it's really fun. Which reminds me of Cavell Attack, but they don't sound like Cavell Attack. No. <laughs> so, which is not very good. I've listened to this record four or five times at least. You've reckon, listened to it a lot more, mm-hmm. I know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I still can't quite get a grasp on exactly what it is, which is why it's really exciting, I think. Yeah. So, um, do you like it? I I like it. I don't think I like it as much as you like it. Just I don't f- think anyone likes it as much as I like <laughs> it. <laughs> um, I like it very much. Um, I will come in with my brief criticism now mm-hmm. so that you can poo-poo it and that's fine. My feeling is it's 12 tracks, technically 11 songs because the, the first one's yeah. sort of an intro. Uh, it is an intro. And um, my feeling is it's a touch too long. Um, by the end of it I wouldn't say I get bored but I get a bit kind of like I'm sort of done with Mm. this now I I probably would have only shaved two tracks off like I've actually I have heard that as as if there has been a criticism for it it has been like mm. oh it's slightly monotonous but (sighs) I wouldn't say monotonous I would say slightly samey that's Mm. that's my opinion not like not insanely so I'm being really picky but then I kind of feel that's how part of my job sure um but i do really enjoy this record i i think i think adding fun to black metal or death metal it was interesting you said death metal because I, I i saw it more as black really but um, um maybe that's just because of the I vocals think kind of like i think early early kind of black metal i mean yeah mm. you know like it's comparable to dark throne mm-hmm. and i yeah. think there is a kind of a guttural gut that area that kind of high guttural yeah, gargle yeah. That, yeah. that black metal vocalists do but in terms of the riffs i mean Alright, I think this record is utterly, utterly, utterly fucking brilliant. Cool. I think it is so, so brilliant. It's kind of, you know, they play a lot in the kind of um, uh, desert fest type scene band, mm. and it's kind of been characterised or, pit or or like pushed towards me like a sort of doom or a sort of sludge band. And they don't like that at all. They they don't like... I, I've, I've seen that. I've seen yeah. loads of people call them sludge. I don't... Maybe in terms of the guitar tone, but not... I, I don't get well, that at all, really. I think maybe just from who they tour with or something, it might be something yeah, to do with it. Um, yeah. But they I also think... They when don't it's like being, being when that's, sludge. I no, know that. No, well, when, when it's being made by a European band, um, it just doesn't have the heat that the kind of the American bands have do you know what i mean like mm. the, the there's a there's a sort of there's a dry crustiness mm. to the way that american bands make that type of music mm. and this is more like well like a, a sort of cold icy blast mm-hmm. but it's kind of it's more like um a blizzard rather mm-hmm. than sort of shards of ice like black metal is shards of like cutting biting ice and yeah. where this is just like a kind of uh, a, a, a sort of almost like a a warm blizzard I want to say because it sits in between those two things really really brilliantly but it's it it's it's biting like black metal is and it's kind of 
raw as fuck. Yeah. Like death metal is. Yeah. It's got that rumble like Motorhead has. Yeah. Shit like Venom. I mean, they, you know, it's so, it's kind of, it's really interesting because it's so unrefined as a record. Mm. I mean, I think when you, when you listen to the advances that have been made in extreme metal in the last, in, in this decade, when you look at the whole kind of black gaze movement, you look at what bands like Wolves in the Throne Room do, mm-hmm. you know, we speak about Bayamoth pretty much every week, yeah, you know, yeah. you talk about uh, Death Heaven and especially where Death Heaven have gone on this recent record mm-hmm. and the, the, the amount of stuff that there is in Death Heaven. You look at like maybe not so much the, the current record but the the previous Watane album um, and you know and then you listen to bands like Dimmu Borgir and Cradle of Filth and the, like the kind of operatic bombast mm-hmm. that extreme metal has really really kind of embraced um there's the uh, sugar stuff decade. as well the technical and stuff. yeah and well yeah like, like when you look at what enslaved and yep. ishan and but people are doing it's really kind of very highly um conceptual technical very difficult um very dense music mm-hmm. and you just think well where else, as an extreme band where else do you go and the answer seems to be in this case is to just completely deconstruct everything and take it back, you know, to kind of boil it back down to its very, very base components, which are Motorhead and Venom. Mm. Do you know what I mean? But 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 do it as a two piece. Mm. Um, mm. Uh, it's like it, it's like Motorhead and Watane being played at the same time because it's so bitingly yeah. savage. It's really, really like you know. Don't think for a minute that you know when I say Venom, people kind of kind of snigger at Venom now, don't they? People sort of mm-hmm. go, "Ah, Venom." Mm-hmm. They were like, you know, but like, but but Venom have that you know that rumbly Motorhead like sort of um, helicopter double bass um tattoos and stuff mm-hmm. and this has got that and it's also like really kind of just guttural and like you say fun and and quite bouncy and quite yeah. catchy but then the sort of the 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 pure savagery over the top of it um from his vocals and occasionally when they break into these weird kind of or you know i guess more like those kind of squalling death death metal solos like mate I, so, I can't say it's too long because it's so like I, I could put this I put I put this album on I've had this for about two months now I think we both had this for about two yeah. month, months and I was sort of tipped off to saying you know like oh you, you'll really like it yeah. so I was like cool and um, first sort of listened to it I was like fuck me I really like this but the more I listen to it it's like it's got to the point now where I literally have to listen to it twice back to back because wow. I think it's so good and it's you know it isn't doing anything particularly new. It's just doing loads of loads of old things at the same time, but it's, really, really but it's well. Still sounds like something that I've not. Heard. Yeah. I mean, yeah, people people will go, oh, it's just Venom and Motorhead put together, mm. but but you know that is that is new, that is mm. different. We've not heard that before. It's being so. done by a two piece, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and you know, and it's I, got a lot. To, I mean, the, the 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 I think all of their albums have something to do with fire in it. So this is the modern age of setting a blaze. I can't remember the name of the last two records, but they both got fire or flames in uh in in the album so you know they've again they've got a very strong identity they've got a very strong strong conceptual idea of what it is that they want to be as a band mate i think this album is fucking 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 brilliant wow sorry to swear so much three fuckings three fucking is that man i didn't didn't really need any (laughs) but um i think what i enjoy about it the most is the two-piece dynamic we're Mm. we're seeing a really interesting resurgence in two pieces at the moment yeah um and um there is something about playing off just one other person which i think 
creates a very unique dynamic which mm. is not um which you can't represent in any other way apart from playing with one person one one other person sorry yeah um i and and that's what i love about this record the most it is fun yeah. <laughs> you know it's really good fun i'm sure my opinion will change once i see it live because you've seen it live and yeah I've i mean and as well so, like speaking of playing it off with two people they literally the microphone faces the drum kit the, the yeah. drum kit faces into the middle of the stage the microphone's right in front of the drum kit they face each other while they're playing yeah i, I think they're excellent they're touring with skeleton which as i mentioned go and see them go and listen to this record it is if you know if you have an interest in extreme music and extreme metal in, in any way i just think you will i will i find it impossible to believe that you won't think this is brilliant um that's the modern age of setting a blaze by mantar it's great um it's very good <laughs> the next album that we're going to talk about is by jesus peace it's mm. called only self uh i've been keeping an eye on this band because mm -hmm. in the wake of code orange i mm. knew that there was going to be a whole bunch of i was wondering how long it was going to take for code orange to come up <laughs> yeah yeah i knew there's going to be a bunch of new kind of cool hardcore bands hanging around um Jesus Peace were one of the most promising ones that I'd heard from uh, from the scene that I was sort of keeping my eye on and mm. the EP that I heard I thought was really good. Mm -hmm. um, and this is their, their Philadelphia band. This is their debut album. Yep. Um, I'm going to let you start this one off, Renfrey. Um Well, like you said, well, the onslaught of records inspired by Forever yeah. are, are upon us, it seems. Um, I, I, I think this is a really, really good great record i think it's really great mm -hmm. uh i think the goalposts for this kind of hardcore with glitchy electronic bits where you don't know exactly where it's going to go so on and so forth i think the goalposts have moved yeah i think they have and i think if this album came out in 2015 i would have fucking raved about it and just mm. been like this is unbelievable but this music, to my and it's not just Code Orange. I think I would shout out to Vane. Vane, yeah, uh, you know, I think it's just the competition is so fierce mm. that when we get a really great record like this, it's difficult not to just be like it's pretty good. Yeah, you know, and it is it is very good. Like there's some really good moments on it, and there are some brilliant. There's quite a few tracks which are like only two minutes long which are just brilliant i think the thing which i thought was a slightly missed opportunity and slightly annoyed me the most not not annoyed me but the last two tracks they're called one and two probably the most experimental tracks on the record definitely and it felt to me that rather than incorporate them into the album and the excuse the wankery journey as a whole of the record it was just like, right, this is the experimental stuff and we'll just tag that on the end um, mm. because I'm not saying there's no experimental stuff in the record at all. I just felt like the most experimental stuff, it felt like they couldn't find a way to incorporate it into the insane hardcore, like... Yeah, um, that's maybe, I guess. And uh, I, yeah, I, maybe, I, I feel no. that's where the genius of a code orange or a vein lies well i i definitely think when you listen to those tracks one and two at the end although i actually think they're a really cool way to end the album they're a very cool way to end the album um, yeah yeah i i it makes you realize how good code orange are and that yeah. probably sounds like an insult to jesus peace yeah i actually think this album's very very good yeah i think very i good. i would concur i it think is it's very, a very very good, good album yeah. i think it reminds it reminds me a little bit of um the harms way album came out at the start of the year mm. and again 
a really, really good album. But like you say, the goalposts, um, mm. it's not even like the goalposts have moved. It's one band has, well, it's basically them and Vane. A couple, yeah. Yeah, yeah Vane yeah. and Code Orange have basically gone, nah. That yeah. like we're now the gold standard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like there used to be a lot of bands who were all really, really good. Now there's two bands who are like one band who are completely probably the best band in the world, and then one absolutely exceptional new band, mm. and then a lot of really, really good bands. Yeah. I think Jesus Peace are at the higher end of the very, very, very good bands yeah. that sit behind those lot. Yep. And it's kind of it's got to the point now where you think, well, it's stupid to even compare them to Code Orange. It's like yeah. you know, it's <laughs> But it's so it, hard. It, it's so it hard, hard not to. It is hard. But it's it's like, so you know, hard not to. I mean, fucking. Uh, I'm trying to think of a, another good new metal band. I can't really think of any at the moment. But it, <laughs> it's you know, it, it's like it, spine shank. Yeah, it's like comparing <laughs> Sleeper to Blur. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, Sleeper yeah, yeah. are fine. Sleeper were good. Like yeah. they were. They had some cool songs. Like mm. Elastica were good. Mm. Um, you know, there was a lot of decent Britpop bands that kind of came out from between '94 and '96, but. None of them were as good as like Blur or mm. Pulp or mm. Oasis. Like, do you know what I mean? It's just one of those things. And you know, it's not a it's not a criticism. I, I think you know, like the Harm's Way album is really, really fucking good. This is possibly better. I think it's probably I d- just about better. I definitely prefer this to the Harm's Way album. Yeah, but I, mean, I really like the Harm's Way album. I like, personally thought the Harm's Way album was a little overrated, but it's okay. fine. But yeah, I definitely prefer this to Harm's Way. But you but, know, it's 29 minutes. It is mm. skull-batteringly yeah, heavy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, skull-batteringly yeah. heavy. Vocalist it's really, is brilliant. Vocalist is brilliant. It's not reinventing the wheel. No. Uh, now that the wheel has been reinvented. <laughs> yes, uh, yes, and, yes. um, you know, it's just absolutely crushing. And I think if you're a fan of hardcore um and you are going um you know those new ones are not for me like that new this new kind of reinvention and all these little extra bits i just want something which is going to fucking brutalize me but i want a bit of invention and i want a bit of kind of craft to it as well like absolutely this oh band. jesus it, piece of your band yeah yeah it's a fucking you know it's a really really good album because because the reason i think um I'm going to speak for both of us ever so quickly and you can just tell me if I'm talking bullshit, but I think the reason why we don't like this as much as the Code Oranges and the Veins is when they do experiment, they don't push it as far yeah. as Vein yeah. and Code Orange. Yeah, yeah. And that's the thing. It's kind of... I wouldn't say they take tentative steps into experimentation because that would be a bit harsh, mm. but like you say, but the wheel's think, been reinvented. You no, know? like, you know, I the wheel's been reinvented and some bands don't want to do that. I yeah. think Harm's yeah, Way yeah, are great yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah. I think this is great. I think they're a band like Stone are really, really great um, and Incendiary and, you know, there's loads of bands who just play fucking hardcore and play it really, really well yeah. and these are one of the, you know, for a debut album, like, this is... This is really good. That's a really good point. It's 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 a very strong debut album and let's yeah. be honest, it's better than Code Orange's debut album in my opinion. Uh, yeah. The Code Orange Kids uh, record. Yeah, maybe. Um, but then Code Orange Kids were, what, what, fucking 16 when they yeah, did that, yeah. which is ridiculous. But um, anyway, but you yeah. know, if you're a fan of, of hardcore, you I should think definitely you check should it out. definitely check it out. That's yeah, Only yeah. Self by Jesus Peace. Finally, like really, really quickly, because we've talked about them twice in the last couple of weeks, um, we mentioned when we were doing our um, 12 bands that 12 you should definitely heroes listen to. 12 Unsung Heroes of 2018, yeah. yeah. Um, we mentioned Leached, mm-hmm. who are a Manchester-based three-piece kind of grindcore band. We said they have an album coming out. That album is out now. Uh, now. It's called the You Took the Sun When You Left. Cheery title. Cheery title from a exceptionally Cheery nihilistically band. <laughs> bleak band. Um, I do you know like, a few, few people who have taken the sun uh, when they've left. Uh, so I really, uh, I admire this album and I can relate to it. <laughs> <laughs> right, good. Um, 
if you like nails and full of hell then you should absolutely be into this like yeah. very 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 briefly like I said it back on the on the show before. They've got a kind of a, a delight, a wanton delight in in trying to damage you. Yeah, it's disgustingly heavy yeah. and it's brilliant. And I've, I'm still listening to it, even mm. though like I technically don't need to yeah. for work. Um, but I fucking love this record. It's so. It's just. I mean, if you're gonna be heavy and nihilistic, then you might as well just go full you know for the full yeah. full whack. And they do. They really, really do. I've seen them live, and they. By God, they didn't disappoint me live. Um, they're they're just brilliant, and yeah, nails and and full of hell. If you're into that, you just have to check I mean, this out. There's a kind of proper fight going on in my mind over who is like the best exponent of this in the UK at the moment. Because there's them and there's Helpless who are on Holy Raw. Yeah, and I think they need to go on tour together and just fucking have yes. it out. Yes, that's a brilliant idea. So get on it because yeah. both of those bands are fucking awesome. You would assume that the people making this music, this Leached album, are just horrible. And, terrible oh, evil people who sort of like <laughs> chain themselves up you know those people who are like um uh self-flagellating self yeah, yeah i mean you know that's fine if you want to do that um but uh they've tweeted us a few times and they seem really nice boys <laughs> oh, that's good i'm glad they are good for them <laughs> they seem um, very nice good well uh there you go so leech you took someone you left i think all three albums out this week are well 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 worth your time yeah definitely massively definitely. worth your time okay so Renfrey. hello you went to the art town gent festival i, I went to the art town gent festival I can explain to you why I only saw Conjurer, Pelican, Zelada, Leprous, Glassjaw, a bit of La Dispute, and a little bit of And So I Watch You From Afar. I didn't get to see much at the weekend. Um, should I explain why why that was? Or uh, would you just like leave it, that in floating in the ether? It's, it's just down to transport and communication, really, Transport, isn't it? communication, tiredness, mm. alcohol, mm. Um, no signal. Mm. Yeah. And, you know... So I didn't really like, I really liked the festival while I was there, mm -hmm. but I was also, what I was doing, I was doing, if you were there, I was there doing the uh, noisy karaoke. That looked like a lot of fun. Well, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, it was really good, even though I called it 2000 Trees. Cheers. Oh yes, yeah, that was controversial. So you oh, got yeah. booed. I got booed. Badly. I don't mind getting booed. I'm happy to get booed. Yeah, That's fine. Yeah. Um, but I actually, I still had a good time. Uh, well, look, Arctangent, um, you know, I've not been, uh, not made this a secret. It is my favourite festival in the world. So mm -hmm. get used, gets, you know, you're going to get a lot of praise coming your way. Um, I just think it is a wonderful amalgamation of post-math, experimental, noise rock, just, just everything that excites me about music that's just uh, forward-thinking stuff. Yeah. Uh, and I think, I think that fits in very well with what we're trying to do here with mm. Riot Act as well. Yeah. So, um, and I love the way the festival is run very quickly stuff like stuff like you can take your own beer on site and stuff like that. Like not, not just onto the campsite into the arena, yeah. which most, most festivals don't let you do. Um, 2000 trees and arc tangent do, but I can't think of many others in the UK that let you do that. And it's really small. It's very compact mm. getting around the site. is piss easy. easy. Yeah. Uh, just simple things like they stagger the stages. So it means there are less clashes. There are still clashes. My God, there were some hard clashes this week, uh, this year, but, um, it's just the way that they think about it. The food's nice, blah, blah, blah. Food was nice. Food is mm. freaking gorgeous. Those nice burritos. Oh, ice cream. And Where was that? It's, it's, it's tiny. You must have seen it. Oh, I missed the ice cream. Damn it. I was there. I was on site for five days. I missed the ice cream. Shit. But anyway, go on. So you were there. Um, okay. So Friday. Thursday. Thursday. Thursday, Thursday Friday, yeah. Saturday is. That's why I was. Yeah. 
first, so the first day. the first band I saw, and I only caught half of them, but they're definitely worth mentioning. Is Boss Keloid? Holy shit! Yeah. Um, that album, Melted on the Inch, uh, good album, is it? just really interesting, progressive. What would you call it? I, I don't really know. Progressive uh, metal with a really, really interesting vocals. Yes, those vocals are odd. They're almost. This is not. This is. This isn't going to sound like a compliment, but I don't mean it as a as a diss. They kind of sound a bit like Blaze Bailey, but better. Mm. Uh, <laughs> which so doesn't sound Paul like Diano, a good, then. Yeah, the, the the worst the worst Iron Maiden vocalist. <laughs> um, but I don't. That, for some reason, they reminded me of Blaze Bailey, but but not in a bad way. The main thing I took away from their set at Arctangent is their guitar tone. Fuck me, it's yeah. like you know, hot knife through butter. It was incredible. Um, I really really enjoyed what I saw of their set, but. I sort of caught the last 10 minutes so they're okay. great they're about to re-release their um, third album which is called Herb Your Enthusiasm and I like that love it yeah. love it um, drugs isn't it <laughs> drugs are fun yeah. um, I then saw Body Hound Body Hound are an excellent four piece from the north um, they have been they're kind of Arctangent favourites they've played right. um, quite a few times they played an absolutely stellar set on the main stage a few years ago um, they actually feature Joe Nicholson, who used to be in uh, Rayleigh Tabassi. Okay. Don't sound like Rayleigh Tabassi. They sound like really technical, intricate, uh, instrumental, proggy rock mathness. They are fucking great. Right. Uh, they have one EP which came out on Holy Raw called Rhombus Now four years ago. And this lies, this is the only problem I have. I want new material and I want it now because it's been too long. Um, however they were great but it kind of it kind of just felt like they were doing they did play a few new songs but it kind of felt like we'd seen it a lot and it's just like just get that fucking album out guys yeah. but they are brilliant i think by the time they release that album a lot more people will be talking about them because rhombus now doesn't recreate how amazing they are live they despite me going on about them being technical and proggy they're another band who are really fun like mm. really fun. Right. Um, but yeah, uh, Rhombus now is worth checking out, but, okay. but live, whoa, fantastic. They were really, really good. Uh, Alpha Male Tea Party were probably the first band of the day where I was like, holy shit. Again, another Arctangent favourite. They kind of, um, they pretty much every single time they play, they do something special and yeah. unusual so they they played like the first slot on the friday or saturday a couple of years ago and because it was known as the breakfast slot they like chucked out loads of cereal and there was loads of cereal just flying <laughs> about and stuff like that yeah right. just stupid crazy stuff like that they used to play in boiler suits they teamed up with um a band called from manchester called cleft and did like a bunch of riffs just just, just did a jam session which is gone down in history basically is one of the big arc tangent moments where they basically just covered slayer and rage against the machine and oh. deftones and all this sort of stuff it was fucking awesome so they tend to always do kind of interesting stuff like that but this time around it was actually quite a straight laced set mm. and i actually think that w was a, a good thing if anything because when people talk about alpha male tea party they usually talk about like how they're, they're obviously three really good mates and they're very jovial and really funny guys, but they don't really talk about the band so much. And I think they've got three records and their last two in particular are fantastic. They've got enough brilliant material now um, that the songs can do the talking, I think. And yeah. uh, that they managed to do that with this set. Like 
the, there's a, the, a brilliant, they started with this brilliant song called Have You Ever Seen Milk? And uh, songs like uh, You Eat Hummus, of course you listen to Genesis. Uh, <laughs> brilliant song titles like that. <laughs> but they're just brilliant instrumental three-piece from Liverpool. I just fucking love that band. They're incredible. Um, and they, yeah, they played an incredible set, I thought. Um, Svalbard, next. Yeah. So Svalbard. Bit annoyed I missed that. I, I really love Svalbard. They're a great band mm. and they've just released a great record mm-hmm. which has a lot of great, well, a lot of things to say which, is, which are very important. My feeling with Svalbard of late, and this isn't my feeling overall, but they, I always have really high expectations of Svalbard and they are just underneath. They usually are just under those expectations when I, when I tend to see them. I saw their right. release show at the Black Heart and... It was really good, but it didn't feel like they were quite there. And they played a very short set, you know, considering it was an album release show and stuff. I thought they were good, but I just keep getting the impression that they are capable of so much more. When I hear like the last song on their first album, Lily, and stuff, like, I hear songs that they don't tend to do live. And I'm like, you could be so much more interesting than the straight ahead course that you take when you do stuff live Mm. and it's almost as if they're a bit scared to do that stuff and i'm not i'm not dissing them at all because i think i think they are great but i just feel like they could be so much better um so i'm saying it more as a kind of you know tough love kind of thing svalbard yeah svalbard are great but i know you can be better i know you can they were really really good and most people were totally satisfied Mm. but you know Mm. I I feel like there's a lot of people who love them because they're ours in the UK. They're from Bristol. Yeah. Um, But, you know, then they're not quite of the standard of Death Heaven or Mole or anything like that, in my opinion. No, I saw them supporting Oathbreaker, actually. I thought they were really, really good. But the the gap between... But then that's difficult because Oathbreaker are... Yeah, they're, they're always brilliant, but... I think they could be phenomenal. Right, I think, okay. and I and I and I just want to push them <laughs> there. You yeah. know, you know. Um, the next thing I saw was uh, Pine and Condra. Oh yeah, I'm interested in this. Mm. Um, they're actually calling it Kirsty's Metal Hands. Mm-hmm. So very quick uh, black mark against Dark Tangent because they uh, put both of the. Um, collaborative sets on at the same time or over on the main stage they were uh, Chayota Koo and Memory of Elephants were playing as people like Milk Products and I think a lot of people would have liked to have seen both of those collaborative yeah. uh, performances because yeah, that's was, weird yeah I, I I saw the Clash find I was like really I'm, you know I not those bands do not Pine and Condra and Memory of Elephants and Chayota Koo do not sound the same but it's just the idea of seeing that it's something that you can't see anywhere else, mm. you know. So uh, that that was a you know one, probably one of the only few things I'll say bad against this festival. But yeah. um, but Pine and Conjure to me, they just took all the best bits of both of those bands, which I both of them are fucking great, yeah. and just smushed them together into this amazing, uh, amazing amalgam. I thought they were brilliant. It's sort of difficult to review something when you don't know the material, or it's harder anyway. Yeah. And the material's literally fresh, but uh, and this is literally the first time you're hearing it. But, you know, they entertained me for the whole half an hour and they said, you know, we are 
going to record this and it's going to be released yeah, I've heard that, yeah. through Holy Raw, I believe. I hope I'm not uh, uh, saying anything <laughs> that I shouldn't be saying there. but Allegedly. Know, allegedly. Um, and that would be a very good thing because it sounds great. Mm. Um, I think they did an Elton John cover. I'm Queen was sure. screaming. That's what yeah. I got told. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. You know. So, you know, and they put like the massive Elton John glasses on and stuff like that which is great didn't sound like elton john uh but yeah it was it was fucking great and more collaborations like that i think you know that art tangent are taking a leaf out of road burns book with that but that's fucking cool when you can see bands doing that it's a really really cool thing just don't put them on at the same time it's annoying um but uh yes okay so the next band my band of the day uh, probably unsurprising considering how much I whammed on about them a couple of weeks ago or a week ago. Foxing were just uh, electric, unbelievable. Okay. Um, I've now seen them twice knowing that record and I think that Nearer Our God is a classic uh, as uh, amongst the likes of Dear You by Jawbreaker, uh, Clarity by Jimmy World, Devil and God by Brand New. I think it is that good. I think it is unbelievably good. Uh, and seeing it live, you had a point saying like you felt like sometimes they were going for a commercial aspect and I was like, oh, seeing them yeah. live, I'm not sure about that. Mm. Seeing them live again, as confirmed, I, I, I really don't think that's the case, to be totally honest. I think it's just so... It's more abrasive live and mm. it's more kind of interesting. They were on um, the main stage and it felt like, despite it being a massive, massive, massive tent, it sound felt like it couldn't contain them. It was right. so sort of expansive and and they just were clearly really pleased to be there. Uh, it felt like a perfect place for them. I, would, I, I wonder how, you know, Foxing <laughs> wouldn't go down well at Reading, I don't think. I just don't think people would get it they're not really heavy enough for download like i think jimmy will go down well at reading no exactly 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 and um and foxing are definitely more esoteric than jimmy world Mm. you know um undoubtedly yeah i thought i just thought they were absolutely it was just it was really emotional and beautiful i thought it was just incredible Mm. incredible set um and i'm looking forward to seeing them more and more and more frankly as, as the year goes on okay um yeah one of the but i will have to see them i think yeah the album is good yeah, okay, cool. Jamie Lemon. Oh, yeah, how's Jamie Lemon? He's always brilliant, isn't he? Yeah. He's just always brilliant. Um, you know, just one of the coolest men in rock because he is just super cool. He's just himself. Yeah, That's why good. he's so cool. He is yeah. just himself. Like, I'm very fortunate to know Jamie a bit and uh, he's exactly the same off stage as he is on. Yeah, he really like, is. he's just lovely. He's a brilliant, brilliant man. Um, he played a fantastic set. He introduced, um, what's the new single? Long Gone? Long, Long Gone? Long Gone. Um, is that the, one, the one with Justine from Employed to Serve on it. Oh, God. I keep thinking it's personal. The other, there's the B side of it, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I can't remember what it's called. Um, but he introduced that. He was like, I got a number one single, which, you know, again, congratulations, Jamie Lemon. That went to number one. Do you know that? What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Jamie number Lem- one in the charts? Number one in the UK charts. In not the, the UK, UK, not the UK rock charts. It went to number one in the vinyl chart, I believe. Oh, fucking hell. Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's like, this is my new number one single. Um, it's called, you know, Long Gone, whatever it's called. I didn't know that. And then he 
<laughs> went into it it does not sound like a number one single if you've heard it yeah. it's two minutes of crushing noise and it was just brilliant just an amazing way to introduce that song yeah um the songs from devolver sounded amazing uh for me the highlights yeah brilliant 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 album this the highlights for me though were um the the heavy stuff from muscle memory he played six fingered hand which is just and uh uh one of these eyes is a clock which is like the best song dillinger escape plan never wrote Hmm. and um and a couple of ruben covers as well uh which please me me every time a teenager listens to drum and bass a rock star dies and no one wins the war which is probably my favorite ruben song fucking great he's just he's always brilliant another two piece at the moment and it's just massive massive sound he's Mm. just always great isn't he jamie lenman you're a fucking hero we love you (laughs) um i saw yes then i had a little nap (laughs) which you don't need to know uh in time for and so i watch you from afar now you caught a little bit of and so i watch from afar a little bit i caught a little bit of la dispute as well i quite like la dispute i thought oh sorry la dispute were good actually um never seen them before and i i you know i they've always been the kind of um Slightly less interesting cousins to Touche Amour, but yeah, uh, that's sort of what I feel as well. I do still feel like that. But having seen them, I was like, they've got a bit more of Touche Amour. Very, there's a femininity, there's a kind of a femininity that and a a sort of a sensitivity that I really like about Touche Amour, um, particularly Alive as well. Um, And Ludwig didn't really have that. It was a bit more kind of swaggy and a bit more kind of, you know, like uh, well, a bit more hardcore. Uh, mm. It was good. Mm. Yeah, it was okay. quite good. I mean, I cool. literally only saw four songs, but yeah, they were decent. Mm-hmm. Then I did watch, and so you, um, and so I watched, and so I watched you from afar, I, without really knowing that much of the material. It did just kind of go over my head, and I was knackered, and I had to go off and sort of shit out for the. Mm. So you go. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, again, and so I watched you from afar. Favorites of Art Tangent. I think this is the fourth time they've played it. Like mm. um, they, the, I do feel that they're a band who have maybe not started this movement but started kind of like post-rock going into more punkier territory and when people think of post-rock they think of sort of long 18 minute songs which go on for hours and hours and hours and they're really ambient and they take blah 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 this the some of post-rock is that but and so i watch you from afar not that it's no. there's more in common with punk than there is uh uh you know post-rock really in fact i don't think they even like being called a post-rock band they're just instrumental really um because they've played Arc Tangent so many times, they needed to do something different. And in this case, they played The Endless Shimmering, which is their latest album in full. I kind of have a bit of a fundamental issue with album shows as, as it is, because mm. I think that it kind of takes some of the... You, you don't, you know, when when it's an album show, you know what song is going to come next and it takes yeah. some of the sort of yeah, spontaneity out of it. Yeah. And as a result, you know, it probably wasn't a great first... And so I, I don't... Have you seen them before? No. Probably wasn't a great first one to see for you because Endless Shimmering is a very good album, but, you know, it's never going to be as good as just playing a bunch of your greatest songs from your, you know, greatest mm. uh, uh, albums or whatever. Um, I really enjoyed it and they were still brilliant and they were received rapturously because yeah. because that is exactly what I'm, that festival is about. And so I watch it from afar. But um, I even though I appreciate it, they were kind of between a rock and a hard place in a way because agreeing to play it again, they had to do something different, but I don't know. I don't know. I would just wonder if 
that an album show was the best thing to do for me the encore was easily the best thing when they right. did a bunch of stuff which was like you know just a couple of songs from uh three of the other records right um it's just amazing if you're unfamiliar with and watch from far just check out like set guitars to kill or big things do remarkable it's just absolutely crazy bonkers stuff they were brilliant but and I always love them. Like I've never not enjoyed an answer. I wish from far set, to be honest, I must've seen them 12 times, mm. but, uh, but yeah, just, it's just a bit kind of like, I would have preferred it if they just played another set to be totally honest. Fair enough. Well, I was just gearing up to start work at that point. <laughs> yeah. uh, I imagine you went straight to bed, but then I, I did, did go to yeah. bed. I finally got, I got an Uber in the middle of a field at four o'clock in the morning in the rain. I don't know how, I whoever that guy was, thank you so much for picking me up and taking me back <laughs> to my Airbnb. I was fucked the next day. I didn't actually get in until Conjurer came on the Fuck, next day. Okay. So I missed a whole bunch of stuff. I'm assuming you saw a few things. I did. Saturday, Friday was probably my biggest day. Um, so the first band I saw were Blanket um blanket are at the moment they have a lot of sort of press behind them because they are one they are what i would call an arc tangent band in that they're a post-rock band um that have been picked up by music for nations um so oh, yeah. they've kind of been i think there's a lot of people looking at blanket right now and kind yeah. of going okay why why are you guys totally honestly um i really like blanket but if I'm being totally brutal and honest, I don't think they're any better or any worse than a million other bands in this scene, to be mm. honest. I think they just got lucky, <laughs> basically. And that is not, that's not a, that sounds far harsher than I mean it to sound, but, you know, someone's got to get signed by a major. And I think in terms of quality, they are really fucking good, but but there's loads of bands in this scene who are really fucking good as well. Yeah. But I do like them a lot. Um, and they've just released uh, their new album, their debut album, How to Let Go. I think it's very good, and the new songs came across really, really well live. But they're super, super ambitious. They've they've got kind of like visuals and stuff like that going on. And and fair play to Art Tangent for letting them do. They were on at eleven thirty five in the morning, and they had two television screens up doing visuals and stuff like that. Fair play to ACG for letting them do that because most festivals would just go, no, you can't have extra bits and pieces and stuff like that. But Art Tangent, I, don't I think, think like like loathe that. the the band loathe do that. They did it at Slam Dunk. I think if it's something that you have and you get up and you say, I'll probably say it up yourself. Okay. Yeah. You yeah, yeah, sort of, yeah. 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 You know, yeah. Fair enough. If you want it. You better fucking do it really. yeah 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 i think that's usually the sort of attitude isn't okay it? i think um unfortunately they had technical issues as a result mm. i mean i don't yeah, know if so did loath yeah enough, yeah you know, i don't know if it's busy a, tuning in their telly to yeah yeah so out. they yeah. started a bit late and it was a bit it, i think because because blanket have had have got this leg up and because people are watching them they need to not fuck up because mm. they're representing this scene to a lot of people who won't know anything about it. Yeah. Uh, and I say, again, this is a tough love thing. I say it with, I, I really do love those guys, but I sort of say it in a kind of, you need to make sure that that shit don't happen. Mm. You need to make sure, cause you're on a major and cause you're representing this scene as a result of being on a major, you need to make sure that you don't fuck up. Yeah. And I felt like they did a bit. Um, I mean, once they got going, it was beautiful and it was brilliant. I think it might have been a bit early in the morning for that because they're relatively ambient and cinematic. And mm. I think people were just waking up, basically. But um, yeah, I th um, I also think the visuals could be a bit more... I think the visuals are fine, but I don't think they add an awful lot, if I'm totally honest. If you get a band like Nordic Giants or something like that, where the, the visuals are literally like a Hollywood film, you know, that's that's the level 
that's the that's the uh that's what you should be aiming for and the visuals are fine but i don't know if they're really essential yeah okay but blanket are great check them out they're fantastic uh and then saw codices codices for a band so codices have only got one ep out but um and i wasn't particularly enamored by the first ep if i'm totally honest um but they have got some new material which is like 10 times better than uh this ep mm-hmm. uh i think it's called illuminations the ep but like what they're doing now is far faster grittier more interesting uh, i really really enjoyed their set like a lot more than i've enjoyed their recorded output and i really want to hear them re- that material like and soon preferably okay because i think it is much better than their i've never heard of them okay <laughs> uh, london sort of mathy math rock band uh, they're really surprises me that <laughs> been at that festival it surprises me um the first set of the day which blew me the fuck away was godmother yeah i've heard a lot about this band fucking hell um on party smasher so mr ben woman uh, uh believes in them so you know yeah. if your <laughs> dillinger escape plan is on board then then you know you're in for a sign of quality i've this was their first ever uk show I was very fortunate to see them twice uh, at the end of last year. I won't go on about it too much because I know it hurts you when I talk about those final Dillinger shows. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I kind of knew what to expect and it was still quite early in the day and I walked into the tent and looked around and I was like, hmm, these people don't have a clue that they're about to get annihilated, basically. Mm. Godmother are just a wonderful, wonderful amalgam of like hardcore, death metal, like, just art rock just fucking everything that they throw yeah. into the mix two albums both of which are fucking amazing their frontman sebastian is just his he's got a wonderful wonderful stage presence and he just he'll walk into the crowd and he'll start like hugging people while screaming and stuff like this at one point he um said that things were starting to get a little bit too violent so he got out into the crowd and made a uh, limbo line with his microphone cord and said, rather than moshing to this song, let's all just limbo to this song. <laughs> so everyone's cool. just going, this fucking insane, heavy song. Everyone's just limboing to yeah, it. Yeah. And he's he's just, I, Godmother are just fucking awesome. Like you have to have to see them. They're actually touring uh, right now. Although yeah, by the are. time you hear this... They have a date tonight somewhere. I can't remember where, but they're playing a free show in London. So if right. you're London based, go. I might go there. You That's sh- Friday, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. Saturday. Okay. But oh my God. Okay. Well, I'll yeah. be there. I know they played in Birmingham and only three people. I saw on Facebook, my mate took a photo and was like, there are three people here. This Fuck. is bullshit. And I was like, oh dear. That is bullshit. So I think I will go on Saturday. That yeah. is fucking bullshit. Because they're, they're, again, one of the bands of the weekend, they were just right. fucking outrageous. Um, what did I see then I then saw Polymath Polymath ATG favourites again Um, I suppose uh, the best way well an an easy way to describe Polymath is an instrumental Mars Volta um, that's probably not doing them any favours because there's far more to them than that but um, but you know if you like that sounds like enough yeah exactly exactly. that's kind of why I'm using it because that should be enough to get you on board frankly Mm. Polymath are fucking great. I love them. Brighton three piece. Um, and they played, they played a great set. Uh, for me, it was one of the only sets that had bad sound of the entire weekend. It mm-hmm. was just a total mush. Um, so I couldn't really hear. And a band like Polymath, loads of intricacies. I could hear drums 
and then mush yeah. it was just so it was just frustrating from that point of view but they clearly put in a really great set they started with like three drum kits on stage uh just doing this beat over and over again and that's how the set ended as well very prog as fuck mm. um they th- threw out a load of inflatable bananas halfway through which has kind of become an atg staple <laughs> uh <laughs> right the next set i saw i thought i should throw this in because um i didn't want to just go on about how everything was brilliant um mr marseille do you know about mr marseille no okay um sort of balding old man right. playing grindcore on a cello okay <laughs> just and i was i heard that that's what it was i was like well i've got to see that uh i don't I, I couldn't tell if he was naked or not he might have been naked as well that's great <laughs> and i was really i mean of course if you hear that there's a band playing it's just what it's one guy one guy yeah and he has like a kick drum and, and he's just playing grindcore and a cello fair play for innovation my friend definitely fair play i mean i want to see that mm. is it shit I lasted about two minutes. Right, okay. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I sort of do encourage people to see him because you will li- literally have never seen anything like it in your life. Mm. And I admire the man for, like I say, for innovation alone, but I, I but don't know. Not for me, right. sorry. Okay, fair enough. Oof, blimey. Um, <laughs> I then saw Conjurer. I feel like we talk about Conjurer every week. They yeah, were fucking great. Yeah, I saw Conjurer really like fucking ace they were fucking great the tent yeah, was full they, they always are I was outside the tent so it didn't sound quite as brutal as it did I imagine mm. from the inside but yeah everyone was like raving about them so yeah. you know country are great blah, yeah blah, blah. of course they are uh, <laughs> then I saw I actually I spoke to Brady last night and I said we're going to stop talking about your band because we just talk about you all the fucking time so well, let's, let's that. make that a rule from now <laughs> um, I then saw Venar uh, former member of Ocean Size so obviously I'm going to be quite uh, crazy about this mm-hmm. set. It was fucking brilliant. Um, he played mainly, I saw him very, very briefly before he went on and he was saying to me that he played mainly new songs from his album that is yet to be released. Uh, but Arctangent was one of the only places that he was able to do that and get a good reception, which is oh, why right. he did that. Yeah. Uh, the album's called To Cure a Blizzard on a Plastic Sea. I'm amazed I remembered that off the top of my head. Yeah. Um, I fucking loved it and everyone in the tent you know considering he was playing mainly songs that people didn't know I was a bit like I really hope people stay and I think for the most part they did it seemed pretty full when I walked in and it seemed relatively full when I left out when I went out as well he played a couple of brilliant songs from the demon joke as well which is a solo uh, first solo record which uh, like Duke fame which sounded fucking huge and operate uh, and then he also treated us to an Oceanside song at the end. Really. Oh, I bet you like that. Well, I liked that quite a lot. <laughs> yeah, I love fan art stuff as well. I think it's brilliant. Um, I mean, yeah, my heart's always going to be with the Oceanside stuff, I guess. But um, yeah, it was uh, Park Cardiac, uh, which is basically the opening song on their last album. Probably the heaviest, doomiest thing they've ever done. Mm. Fucking amazing way to end a set. They were brilliant. Like fucking... I feel biased, but I just love Fenar. I thought he was amazing. Cool. So um, uh, he's touring with Pine later in the year, and that is going to be essential. So, right. Um, I then bumped into you and found out about what had been going on with you. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was eating my ice cream. Oh. 
Yeah, I was quite drunk by that yeah, point. Let's not dwell <laughs> on that. Let's not dwell um, on that. You so watched that Polish band. Briefly saw a bit of Ties from Nebula. Who yeah, I saw them. Brilliant. Oh, were they? Okay. <laughs> I thought they were brilliant. Were you not into it? I, it was stuff like that where I was sitting there and I was going, when I listen to post-rock, sometimes I think it's easy to get away with just being one of those bands because right. the tropes are so obvious. And yeah. I listened to that and I was like, the, the tropes are all over this band, I thought. Oh, I love. I just love Ties from Nebula. I think I think they do it really, really well. I mean, they are one of those sort of crescendo core yeah, bands, yeah, yeah. but they do it very, very I suppose well. If you really love that sort of thing, yeah, I mean, that's yeah. No different to me going, oh, I love every fucking rumbling, death, yeah, death yeah, black and hardcore band, and I do, you know. So I think they are one of the. They they are def. They're not. You couldn't. If you if you played a bunch of post rock bands around them, you probably wouldn't be able to tell the difference between mm. a lot of them with Ties from Nebula, but but they do it very very well mm. so you know okay. i really enjoyed what i saw okay um did you then go and watch pelican because this is when it, black futures and pelican at the same time right? no i saw black futures so you saw black futures how are they we spoke <laughs> about them uh 2000 trees Fucking similar outrageous yeah. um yeah they brought um the boiler suited people on stage uh just this amazing amalgam of songs which is like industrial punk like they were fucking brilliant mm. um then they brought the pe- the people on the boiler suited people came out into the crowd and like we're, we're getting people it's a really sensible and smart thing to do rather than being like fucking circle pit or whatever mm. those people just start doing stuff and everyone follows yeah, it's yeah really it's fucking clever and just sort of usher people in quite yeah. politely as well I yeah yeah, yeah yeah the yeah, psychology yeah. of it is really it's genius actually yeah. it's really brilliant um i i I understand if people are a bit kind of uh, tepid about them on record only because they've got a few songs at the moment, but live it is something else. Mm. Um, I'm really excited about that yeah, new album. Yeah, I went to watch because I had seen them and I knew you would be watching them. Mm, yeah. I went to watch Pelican, who I, I really like Pelican, but live, the thing about people that talk about post-rock and it's very intricate and it builds and da da da. Pelican are not that. Pelican are just They're post-fucking metal. riffs. Yeah, 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 riff yeah, yeah. and riff and yeah. riff and More riff. More sort of just Russian like, circles. Than, yeah, yeah, definitely. And they riff and riff and there's not a lot of uh, visual stimulus for just right. watching four men with their heads down banging their heads uh, away as someone who adores post-rock i will admit that that is a major issue with a lot of post-rock bands yeah, yeah. and uh but the riffs are really really great the yeah. songs are really good but i did think like because i listen to some post-rock bands and i'm like well you've been this has been written as an instrumental mm. whereas pelican i was like i just feel like maybe you never got a singer right Do you know what i mean um because i think you could put a singer on that and it would be Depending on the vocalist, if it's a guy from Entombed, maybe not better, <laughs> but better. Um, but yeah. but I thought they were fine. Like you know, they, they've got just they've got. It's been a long time since I listened to them. I used to really like them, but mm. I wasn't like absolutely blown away. Yeah, but I've I, always liked Pelican, but never loved them. If mm, I'm totally honest, yeah, yeah. But then I did love Zelenard. Oh my who god! Were easily the best thing I saw in the minimal amount of time that I was there. The Amazing, minuscule amount of time that I was there. <sighs> They were, Stranger Few is, is an incredible record yeah. and the tent was packed and yep. I just thought they didn't put a foot wrong it was savage no and it was it was the best voice. I've seen them three or four times it yeah, was the too. best yep, set me too. I've ever Agreed. seen them play absolutely um, phenomenal band yeah Mm. I um, took a bit of uh, journalistic license at this point. I saw you of... lounging around on the backstage. Yeah, I was lounging around at the side, side of the stage, stage wanker. like a prick. Yeah, um, but I did that very specifically for Zelenada because I was like, 
I really want to feel the double bass yeah. when it when it really goes for it. And my God, I'm so glad I went side stage for Zelanada mm. because um, it felt amazing. <laughs> it felt so amazing. Well, we were actually on Zelanada. Um, they got there late again, yes. like much like we last week with the, the Duplantiers got there late, and we were meant possibly would have had some time with the Duplantiers. Mm. We were meant to have an interview with Manuel. Uh, we are going to have Manuel on the oh, show yeah. from Zealandada. That's kind of being sorted out now when they come and do a UK tour. You have to go and see Zealandada. Fucking yeah. awesome. I think I think we've got to a point where those people who were like, oh, this is a gimmick, blah, blah, blah. Like those people have just been silenced now. Yeah, it's like, completely. shut up, you're yeah. an idiot. Yeah. Like this is, it's genuinely phenomenal. In fact, I know a couple of people who I was with who thought it was a bit gimmicky mm-hmm. and this set changed their mind. So yeah, um, yeah definitely one of the sets of the weekend. Did you see Leprous? Nope, but okay. I heard they were amazing. They were really, really great. Yeah, again, mm-hmm. that album that came out last year. I forgot, I forgot what the name is. Uh, uh, God. Anyway, spacey, it's a sleeper. Spacey prog space. Yeah, it's a bit of a sleeper hit for me. Yeah. Um, and I've seen them live a bunch of times over the mm-hmm. years. I saw them in Devon Townsend. I saw yep. the Underworld headline, and I thought they were great. They were fucking off the off the chart, like mm. really, really strong, mm. really strong. Um, I heard so much stuff about yeah. their drummer that oh, yeah, particularly amazing. yeah, and yeah. Their vocal, the, the notes that vocalist hits is incredible so yeah they were they were really good i got pretty lucky to be in the day i was in to see conjurer um zinlada leprous and glass jaw yes well is this the point where we have fisticuffs no i don't think we're gonna have fisticuffs. <laughs> um you loved glass jaw i thought it was phenomenal like as I, I I feel like I'm a far bigger Glassjaw fan than you. I feel. Um, maybe. I mean, you really must really, really, really like. I mean, I really love those first two records, but mm. live, I've like I said last week, I've never seen them be that great unless it's been mm. their own show. I, I went back the next day and I saw them at Brixton Academy with Palm Reader. I thought Palm Reader were um were really great at Brixton Academy. I know we talked about that last week. Mm. They were they were very good, Glassjaw. The longer the set went on, they did exactly the same set as they did for Mark Tangent the night before. Mm. They were they were good, but it took them a little while. I just Beck Beck's guitar just sounds like a wash on festival stages. You can't hear what he's doing. Oh, I couldn't hear. You couldn't hear Daryl. You couldn't hear Beck. You, it was just cymbals and loads of bass. I couldn't hear what I didn't. I could barely tell what song they were playing half the time i was standing in front of beck i don't know if that helped i i could i just got super super close for last year i was like four or five rows from the front and just went for it um and for me where i was standing the sound was brilliant like it was perfect um i couldn't have asked for a better sound to be honest i've seen glassjaw be astonishing and i've seen them be fucking crap actually mm. seen them be really like you know daryl not wanting to be there kind of thing i saw daryl do a show at portsmouth uh wedgwood rooms once basically the, he did the entire show to the back wall you know and i was just like why are you fucking here man like it was weird yeah. i mean glass they he's had his problems they're, sure they're cantankerous <laughs> to say the mm. least but but when they're good they are fucking outrageous and i just i i i thought it was just sublime i absolutely mm. loved it um but you said the brixton show was better though brixton show was definitely better right and maybe this is me not being very woke as the kids say but uh, i would like to hear some songs from that first album i know i mean they do, they seem to have an issue with playing songs from everything you ever want to know about silence i mm. i think uh, bar maybe the first time i saw them i think i've only ever seen them play either pretty lush or siberian kiss yeah this time around they played siberian, siberian kiss, kiss. 
Um, I would, yeah, I would love, to, I would would love them to do it, but it's just so it's it's obvious that they're not going to. So mm. so you know, you no, can, I do, I know, I know. You know, just, I you came up with like, oh my god, it's amazing. I just really didn't think it was amazing. Mm, okay, okay. All. I I fucking loved it, but yeah. um, I think uh, I, I understand what you're saying about the set dipping. They played sort of four or five Material Control songs in a row, yeah, and I think those songs work better when they are mashed up with stuff that we already know but you know mm. tip your bartender mew empire and yeah. fucking convector so and like yeah oh, yeah i mean just... the actual set list i didn't have a problem with the set list yeah. the way this i mean even the stuff in material control i was looking forward to hearing but, yeah new yeah. extremity and shiva yeah. no i went home after that right okay i went home the next day wow so what wow. happened on the on the keep on saying sunday the, the saturday right well on the saturday i woke up feeling fucking dreadful uh <laughs> but i got out of bed to uh go and see only echoes remain uh london-based post-rock band surprisingly mm-hmm. um it's kind of a bit of a weird one because they released a great debut album last year called the exigent which is kind of very sort of spacey explosions in the sky caspian kind of thing mm-hmm. um but they have clearly taken a move into more kind of uh heavier elements and they're playing mainly i think they played all new stuff actually i was in a really odd space (laughs) i was feeling very very ill um but uh they were great actually their new material works better live um than the old material which is a bit more kind of which would be more suited to sort of like a south bank sort of uh, venue or something like that basically somewhere where you can sit down that's what Mm. I'm saying Um, but I really really like the new material I saw uh, a member of the band afterwards and he was like oh we had loads of technical problems and it was dreadful I didn't really see any of that we don't think he said it was dreadful but I, I, I thought they were fine. I thought, okay. they were, well, really good, actually. I thought it was really, really good. Uh, but then, unfortunately, I did have to go back to bed for a bit because <laughs> I was not feeling well. But I did get up for Mole. Oh, yeah, how a Mole? Oh, my shitting God, they were great. Yeah, I was a bit annoyed I missed that. Um, pr- it's, I reckon that debut album is my favourite debut of the year. Fucking hell, well. I think. With the Vane and Conjure albums coming out, that's a big oh, shout. I forgot about Vane. Um, but yeah, oh, I, we don't have time to yeah. <laughs> decide what your favorite baby album of the year is. Um, they were just amazing, and Kim, the vocalist, is just a powerhouse. The way that he screams, and he kind of he was there was one guy on the front row that he was just like <laughs> he was pointing at him and pointing. like <laughs> he was really intensely pointing as well. and like both try, hands it's like trying to drill his finger into his forehead and yeah like, and the 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 noises that he was making were just unbelievable but they're also it's one of the most beautiful brutal sounds i've ever mm. heard mole i just i that's that thing isn't it yeah mm. i just i just love them i love the juxtaposition i love what they do they can do it live this is the second time i've seen them now they were even better this time than they were when they supported Savalbard at the black heart um they're brilliant like yeah. the fact that they've just come out they've got two eps and, a, and an album but the fact that they've just come out being this good is criminal it's ridiculous it's scary yeah yeah, they're fucking they're amazing and they were definitely a highlight of the whole thing um i'm not going to talk about this loads because i'm going to talk about arcane roots later but arcane roots did an electronic set which was really fucking brave and excellent sort mm-hmm. of making their material more cigarosi kind of uh well electronic really mm. they were it was brilliant 
they were nervous as fuck. <laughs> um, but they did an amazing, amazing job. And considering that we were basically hearing versions of songs which you'd never heard before, yeah, I think, it, you know, again, it's just a classic kind of, you could only do this at Arctangent kind of thing. Well, I think they're actually doing it they're tour, doing yeah. it as a tour yeah. Yeah, yeah but but that but the ep would have been released by that point oh right so yeah so yeah. I, I they were wonderful but i'm going to talk about arcane more uh later on um then i saw gug um gug are a very special band from the point of view that uh they are ex they're current members of alpha male tea party and ex-member of cleft um dan Dan Wild Beasley is a bit of a hero in the Arctangent canon because uh, he he basically had a brain tumor and um, oh, yeah, raised so. yeah raised lots of money for him at Arctangent and then the brain tumor came back and then then they raised loads more and stuff mm. like this so this was kind of this triumphant sort of set then he he came back for the first time in a long time and I just they, they Gug clashed with Black Peaks which was fucking hard for me Shit. but it just I felt that Gug was going to be such a special moment because mm. like it's a full, it was like the first time he'd come back since, you know, it's all, all the all clear and all that kind of thing. Um, it was just really magical. It was beautiful, a really beautiful moment. I was standing uh, with his wife by the side of the stage and it was just an absolutely magical set. And Gug are a brilliant band as well. They've just released their first album, uh, which is called I've Got a Gug Feeling. Um, and it's just riffs. It's just fucking great riffs. Dan is a really unique guitarist, properly heavy, but kind of like, he's like a mad scientist of the guitar. He's fucking great. Mm. Um, yeah, Gug were wonderful. And I'm, I, even though Black Peaks are phenomenal, um, I know I'll get to see them loads yeah, down the line. So yeah, it was a hard one, but yeah, Gug were incredible. Merka. Holy shit balls she was great really? yeah, yeah i've seen her i thought she was great the one time i saw it and now with the new album like which i wasn't mad on but oh really okay well i loved the new album mm -hmm. um her voice is just incredible she came on stage in this sort of white dress with black across her eyes and just looked amazing i mean you're mm -hmm. just looking at i mean she's you know she's a very attractive lady as it is she used to be mm -hmm. a supermodel but just her her poise poise and her grace yeah. and her elegance the way that she walks around the stage oh my god it was incredible um i think Merka's sound is quite simple uh and i don't mean that as a criticism but as a result it sounded huge her voice is just outrageous um definitely one of the highlights possibly the best band of the day i think Merka. Mm -hmm. it was just it was so loud and so in your face and so theatrical in a way that kind of, you know, like Nightwish do it as well to a degree, but they don't hit me emotionally at all. Like what Nightwish are doing mm. is clearly really good technically and all that kind of thing. And I, I'm impressed by it. It's very different to Nightwish. Um, yeah, but, like but very, very different. I to think I, just in terms of that symphonic, that big metal, grandiose style i think mm. um but i i don't get emotionally invested in nightwish whereas Merka, i just was just like you know in tears one moment and like screaming the next i thought well, she was brilliant yeah nightwish is like fucking fisherman at fisherman's hats and hurdy-gurdy <laughs> isn't it <laughs> um then saw tosca yeah. uh now i should probably point out that um 
Troska's drummer Ben edits this. Yeah. So this podcast. So if uh, if you hear a voice come in saying that they were the best band in ACG, that was nothing to do with me. However, they were fucking great. Good. Uh, they were really fucking good. That's good. Like Rabia is just an incredible guitarist. The way that that band worked together is amazing. They played all new material. So again, it's a bit hard for me to like properly assess how great it was. Yeah. Uh, and we've not received that new album yet, but I really want to hear it, Ben. Uh, so yeah, it was it was absolutely brilliant. I think in terms of the technical instrumental progressive stuff i think they could be one of the best bands in the uk i've listened to them I'm, i think they're really good they're i'm not just great. saying that this yeah. is, again this is not an edit they're, yeah they're good yeah. yeah they are really so fucking good. good so who's who's left there can't be too many left uh there are two left arcane roots and shellac i yes. take it yes yes so arcane roots uh post doing the electronic set yeah back with the old axes on How yeah was that? phenomenal yeah, um, I've been, I was listening to that Melancholia Hymns uh, oh, just really good do you know it? what they barely played anything from it oh, really? they played one song from Melancholia Hymns it was oh. mainly older material mm. I'm getting a bit fed up of uh, uh, people like Arcane Roots are kind of, I think in the media been seen as a bit of a joke for mm. a while I don't know but like I've no. I've heard like personally behind the scenes I've heard people be like Arcane Roots really kind of mm. thing sometimes and this has just got to fucking stop they're phenomenal. Yeah, they they're are one good. of the best bands in the UK, Arcane Roots. And they had a full tent who were going absolutely fucking mental for them. Um, they were they were absolutely incredible. I can't I can't say enough good things about Arcane Roots. They're genuinely artistic, inventive. They're doing they're constantly trying to rearrange their material, make it different and do new things with it they're just one of the best bands in the country if you've not checked out arcane roots do yourself a favor and listen yeah, to I melancholia hymns or blood and chemistry or anything they've done they're fucking brilliant the whole tent was going off it was incredible so mm-hmm. yeah for me they were kind of the headliners what well, i'm interested in shellac because oh <sighs> it feels like an odd fit in a, yeah. little, in a little way i think it's a difficult one because if you're gonna have shellac over arctangent makes sense yeah um and there is no other place you can put shellac but as a headliner but the problem Mm. is is shellac will not play a headline set and they didn't it was really shellac will do whatever they want to do of course albini's a bastard yeah Yeah. (laughs) and i admire that and i think that is cool and it's really angular and odd and weird but i literally went from loving it to hating it oh, really? within the space of about two minutes and I kept flip-flopping seesawing between the two I was like this is fucking great oh this is fucking dreadful now I'm <laughs> I not I love that uh, yeah but exactly that, I think that's exactly what Albini wants yeah. so fair play you've probably done what you want to do mm. but um uh but the thing is is it was a bit of a damp squib of an ender because they're just they're they're not uh, they don't put on a headline performance. No. I personally thought Glassjaw put on a headline performance. You mm. might disagree. No, I but... think they at least they they look they were engaged and they yeah. were interested. It was yeah. more the sound than anything. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, I did think Shellac was a weird one. But overall, it was still it... a great festival. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Of absolutely course. phenomenal. Like yeah, I yeah. like it quite okay. a lot. Yeah, I'm keen on um, it. Next year headliners. Just really uh, quickly, who you think might be it? 
Uh, well, I know one of them, so uh, mm. I'm not going to say, say the one that you know that it is, because um, I know who it is as well. Christ, but I, I don't would know. You got to think they got away for someone like like I heard people saying Gujira, I heard people saying Mastodon, I heard people <gasps> saying Botch. I think Botch is a bit of an odd cho- choice. I mean, fuck me, I would lose my shit if Botch were playing. Yeah, but I think yeah. it's a weird one to be away for so long and to come back. I would love Botch to do it though. Mm. Um, I know. I hope I can say this. I know Mastodon have been approached in the past, mm. so I will. S- say that so maybe um gojira would be amazing in fact yeah. i'd kind of prefer gojira to mastodon just because gojira always nail it and mastodon yeah. nail it most of the time but not Some always of the time. <laughs> um who else would i like my god you've thrown it on me um to be honest i'd like to see arcane roots do it i think they're that good could happen like i think the way yeah, it feels like there's a bit of a swell finally for i arcane think roots, and that's great i think they'd be phenomenal as thursday headliners mm. um yeah. Uh yeah, uh, Thursday would be quite a good headliner. Thursday would be good. I'd like punk, to. I'd like to see. I don't think it'll ever happen, but I'd like to see Mogwai do it. But, you know. Yeah, that would be the, the kind of ultimate one, I suppose. Yeah. Wouldn't it? Neurosis. Neurosis would be great. Mm, Cult of Luna. Yep. Yeah. Cult of Luna have done it oh, headlines yeah, already, yeah, but um, yeah, that would be cool. Okay, well there you go. That was um, I was going to say our. <laughs> uh, review of Arc Tangent. It was just me whacking just got drunk. Just got drunk quite a lot. Um, but yeah, I'm glad you had a good time, Rent Free. Next mm. year we'll actually go properly because it's yeah. always had a great vibe in it. Uh, I did I did enjoy the the time that I was there and I certainly had a good time doing the karaoke. Yeah. Um, shout out Brady for doing Smash Mouth. Um, yeah. That was fun. So there you go. So next week um, we're going to be reviewing a big week of records. Alison Chains, Interpol, Mark Lanigan, Death Cab for Cutie, and Idols all have yeah. albums that we're going to be chatting about. Um, and also, Renfrey sat down with the members of Frontier. Yes, I did. To have a chat with them about the difficulties of being in a band when you've got members all over the world. Yeah, that was partly what we chatted yeah, about. Yeah, so that's, yeah. that's one thing. Um, go to musicism.net and put in the code right at the checkout. You get 25% off of their courses. We'll see you next bloody week. See you later, chaps. Ta-ta.